On this week's show, ponytails in rugby, yay or nay? James Lowe starred in Under Siege 2, whilst Steven Seagal qualifies for Ireland in 2021. Would you let Josh van der Fleer marry your daughter and girlfriend? Did slim fit jerseys exclude the inclusion of fat rugby players? Joe presents Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby, together with Guinness. Hello and you're very welcome to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby here on Joe, together with Guinness. It's Sunday morning. Tan Green, Igtana Valance, Spare, Ibalia, Ahiklia, and we are the number one team in the world again. A few weeks ago, when everyone was crying and everyone was like, eh, what's going on? We invited you into the Baz and Andrew House of Rugby soup kitchen to comfort you and tell you that it would all be all right. And look, we were absolutely right. On the couch to discuss this with me this morning, we have ever present Trimby. How are you? Oh, great. Good. Jerry Flannery. How are you? Good. And very, very special guest, Gumshield Grinning, <laughs> Gorilla Glutes Gleaming, High Five Hanging, Leinster Superstar Winger, Mr. James Lowe. Cheers, some introduction. What's the crack, high fives yeah. all around. Yep. <laughs> <laughs> What's the crack? Yeah, no, not too much, mate. Thank you uh, very much for having me, it's uh, exciting. Brilliant. Thanks for coming on, man. We know where your Sunday mornings are probably very special and, uh, and uh, you know, a place where you can kind of relax finally at the end of a hard week. Yeah. Um, did you go to the game yesterday? Uh, no. No, I didn't go to the game yesterday. Mm-hmm. Uh, watched it intently at home, though. Mm-hmm. Don't worry. Um, so you live quite close to the stadium, <laughs> right? Yeah. So uh, unfortunately, no, I didn't watch a game. Um, but I've got a fair idea what happened. I live <coughs> literally uh, next to the Aviva. So whenever there's an event on, uh, I'm either stuck inside or I've got to leave first thing in the morning. So when the football was on midweek, um, it's all right. You know, I had to argue with the policeman to let me home after <laughs> after work. It's uh, it's funny because you kind of get there and they either know like who you are or they argue and like obviously I don't look like I'm from D4, so they're like, you don't live down here. It's like, do you have a bill? <laughs> I'm like, Jeez, like, a I, bill, uh, like a like you know, like a electricity bill with You're like my with my uh, address on it. It's just like, no, I don't carry around my electricity bills. Like, <laughs> I've got I've got my house keys if you want to come over. But um, yeah, it's an interesting time. <laughs> oh god, that's crazy. Uh, so you did see the game? Yeah, yeah. Uh, watched the highlights. I uh, myself and Scott Fardy talked up um, Rob Carney during the week and. He delivered. Mm-hmm. Uh, the old boys still got it, you know. So um, good to get the uh, good to get the victory, uh, Ireland. I actually, when I turned back onto my street yesterday, uh, the Welsh bus was coming through, and uh, it was white, sort of blacked out, you know, along the sides. And as I turned, it was coming down, and all I could see was Warren Gatlin sort of sitting there, um, no expression on his face, Wait. arms folded. Um, so yeah, I'm, I'm sure that there could have been a uh, interesting ride home, but. Um, yeah. Good. Good afternoon. Yeah. You go to the game? I, I did, yeah. Uh, Gatlin wasn't happy after the game, was he? Well, he wasn't happy in the bus ride <coughs> home either. Yeah, because so. uh, the press conference, he was given off about Ireland's style <laughs> of rugby again. Off nine, off nine, off nine, and then give it to Bundy a key. Mm. <laughs> but, I mean, to me, it's a bit sore, isn't it, of Gatlin? Mm. There's always this... I'd like to see the difference between Gatlin when they win, on, when they win getting on the bus, and they said... See the bus coming towards you, Martin Gatlin's at the front of the bus. <laughs> yeah, he's already always pretty pissed off looking, isn't he? Yeah. So you were working at the game? Yeah, yeah. Again? myself and Donners were doing the Vodafone thing. Um, and we... That's the same people all the time? No, no, oh, no, no, not at all. It's the same actually. stories, I'm sure, all the time, is it? Uh, well, we, we changed it up a little bit, just right. in case there was any overlap. Okay. But um, Sorry, just, I totally undersold you there. The, 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 <laughs> <laughs> the, the Ireland team that was selected for the Italy game yeah. was a reflection of the corporates that were invited to that game. Ooh. And then you've got your Johnny Sexton, Maurice, Henshaw, Earl, all the big <laughs> names are back, and then all the big name corporates are back in the room. Um, you know he was there, the, the singer, Dermot Kennedy? Oh, no Yeah. Oh, fuck. I know, as soon as I heard his name, I was like, Barry will be so jealous. Were you chanting him? No, I wouldn't even recognise him. I just heard he was there. And I didn't even, fan. <laughs> didn't even uh, confirm. Yeah, yeah, I'd say I enjoy his music. Yeah. He's on rave. Yeah. I haven't seen him live. I'll tell you what, old fanboy, if you... Uh, I fanboyed him last year at Electric Picnic. <laughs> I totally... I went over and told him... Uh, a few pints of me. I went over <laughs> and told him that his, uh, his set at Picnic was like a, 
a mind-blowing, life-changing experience. <laughs> and, <laughs> what do you say to that? Like, yeah. He was just like, uh, thanks. Yeah. And then I walked away and my brother was like, did you get a photo of him? I said, like, no, I didn't get it. He was like, come on, we'll go back over and I get a photo of <laughs> him. So I got a, I got a photo of him, I totally fangirled him. But he's class. Yeah, yeah. He wasn't performing at the news. No, 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 no. Actually, I didn't even confirm. Like, just um, Donica before the the lads came in. Murray, um, uh, Jack Conan, and Josh came in afterwards. But before they came in, uh, Donica was preparing a bit, and I just I, I came into another room, and Donica was kind of snuck off in the corner, and he was writing stuff down. And he was writing lyrics down because he must have had some big gag anyway. He thought it was going to land. He, I think, I think he bottled it in the end. <laughs> it didn't go for didn't it. Didn't do it. Yeah, so I don't know what happened there, but. Uh, anyway, so we just had a chat with Murray and Murray and the boys. Yeah. It's funny. It's funny slagging Murray because Murray gives a bit back. Does he? Yeah. Yeah. Mm. Yeah. And there's this. Like, there's. I've got this thing with Murray where he just he doesn't trust me. You mm. know. But because we've been doing the podcast for so long and it's usually long form discussion chats, you can't just slag someone <laughs> for an hour. <laughs> like one liner after one liner because that's what he kind of would would think I'm going to deliver. And then I did it once, and then I had a serious question. And it bombed because he's just looking at Expecting for a yeah, joke, yeah. Yeah, and he's, he's defensive, you know, he's yeah. like, he's kind of defensive. Yeah. Anyway, but that's the way, anyway, you get a bit out of Murray. Get yeah. a bit of, uh, Murray's great. Him. Back to his best at the weekend, I thought. Oh, wasn't he? Yeah. Yeah. Nice. Fly didn't go to the games, did you? No, I no, know this. No, no, I yeah. watched it, I watched it a couple of times, yeah, it was yeah. a fucking awesome game. Yeah. Anything else going on for the weekend? No, I went to the cinema. Once Upon a Time in Hollywood. Correct. Yeah. Oh, I'm sure. All, have you seen it? No. No, okay, yet. good. Have no, I haven't. I have children now, man. Can't do these things. <laughs> I love the way, like, any story you tell is yeah. pre-kids. Yeah. Mm. yeah. Any funny, interesting, <laughs> you're going to be such a boring host from now on. My God, yeah. Your current stories have been about baby shit, man. quite aware of it. Baby shit, literally. Mm. The ba- the girl baby woke up the boy baby with a fart <laughs> last night. They have names. <laughs> <laughs> they do. <laughs> Uh, yeah, which that was that's that's the, the, <laughs> the, the most, fart. The fart. <laughs> he started crying. So that's the most exciting part of my weekend. Yeah. Um, yeah, the film is good. Brilliant. Yeah. Brilliant. Class. Tar- Tar- got a babysitter. Got out for like three, four hours. Brilliant. Really yes. enjoyed it. Yeah, I loved it. I was glued to it. Mm-hmm. Um, there's a bit uh, the Bruce Lee scene. Yeah. Was so slick, isn't it? The yeah. way he's just taking all these. Like I didn't really know the Manson murder story that yeah. well. But I kind of had a feeling, I said, I think this is kind of loosely based on some... And then like when I saw Bruce Lee in there, I was like, fuck, this is so cool. Yeah. It was awesome, man. Yeah, you need to go and see it if you get five minutes. I will, I will. I'll get, I get out during the week. Uh, James, how's your summer been? Uh, pre-season, it's kind of going to be a long one this year. Yeah, three, three yeah. Months. it literally feels like we've been in together for so long, yet we've had so, so much break uh, in between it all. I, I had to get shoulder surgery at the end of last season. Mm-hmm. So... Literally the Friday after the game, I was put under the uh, under the knife and came out. Um, yeah, the surgery all went well. Uh, about three and a half months post at the moment. Did you get home targeting. after? Did you get home to New Zealand? No, you stuck around I here. I bloody wish. Yeah. Um, Ireland's home now, sure. Yeah, it? Ireland's home. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> uh, so you know, like they didn't want me to travel. They've. Um, they were, I was literally in rehabbing, mm. like a, not even a week after, three four days after they tried to get me in. Um, so that there was a bit of crack. Um, managed to actually get away to Greece nice. uh, with my girlfriend. We met uh, the rest of the foreigners over there. Uh, we went to EOS for a week, and then we went over to Mykonos, uh, caught up with them. So yeah, that there was awesome. Um, drunk the place dry, Mythos. Um, literally sat by the pool. It was kind of good for them because they've got kids, and we were in kind of like a villa sort of setting. So you know, like obviously their days, um, Scott and and Jamo because they have kids, their days are based around, you know, the sleeping patterns of the young ones. Um, and he'd just sleep upstairs and just come down to the pool and we'd just literally sit in the pool all day. Sitting cocktails. Um, not quite cocktails. <laughs> just just pints and, yeah, it was, it was an awesome time. Um, then back here, went to Canada a couple of weeks ago uh, for a pre-season trip. Myself and Jamison both injured, don't know why we were on the trip, but uh, just over there rehabbing and taking in the sights and sounds. Um, Where were you, Toronto? Yeah, Toronto. Well, we were based just out of Toronto in a very affluent part, um, about 40 minutes out. Uh, Beautiful, like so stereotypical, you know, the big wooden houses, the the wooden shutters, um, very, very green. And then uh, we went out into Toronto for one night, 
one of my uh, one of my friends from when I was very very young. Um, he lives over there. He's a bit of a drifter, so we went and hung out with him for a night, and then um, yeah, Class. game went well. Yeah. The, the Canadians know their rugby, don't they? Yeah. So um, <laughs> so yeah, I was running the tea, and I'm getting these messages from my uh, from my girlfriend, and she's just like. You're lucky you're not listening to this on Facebook Live. <laughs> the the uh, the commentator literally the first things the first words that came out of his mouth was I'm sorry I don't know the rules. <laughs> <laughs> so yeah, she right. said it was very very American. He had no idea what was going on. Um, but yeah, it was cool. Yeah. Um, when you said your mate was a drifter, yeah, <laughs> tell me about that. Yeah, what? well, like uh, he's a free spirit. You know, he's um, he's up for everything. I think the Canadian lifestyle. Um, suits him down to a T, you know, he's, um, you know, the people over there, they're very, they're very open-minded, um, they're up mm. for anything, um, they're, they're cool, they were very welcoming though, I'll tell you that, like, um, we're at bars and that, people very, very friendly, mm. you know, well, obviously looked a little bit different, but like everyone was just so interactive and was yarning to us away and man, my, my friend could chew the air off anyone, you know, he can make friends, make friends in weird places. He's now in, on the other side, he's in Vancouver randomly now, like I don't even know uh, what he's around. up to. Yeah, he, like that's his, his life at the moment, he's really enjoying it and it's good to see him, you know, on this side of the world really uh, taking it on. Yeah, that's Does a Kiwi thing though, right? It's yeah, like, it seems yeah. like it. Yeah. Being, you know, I suppose you're so far cut off from the rest of the world yeah. that like, when you get that opportunity to get out, like oh. I remember growing up, man, and there was like... Every feckin' few months, there was an, a different Kiwi would show up and, on yeah. our door in Limerick, and they'd end up staying on our couch for a few weeks. And, yeah, it was um, arranged though. Like, you mean just yeah. random Kiwis oh, yeah. knocking on the door? Like. <laughs> Not another one. That was like Isaac Boss. Boss, he was like, a, yeah, yeah. Not that he would turn up at your door, but yeah. he kind of just was it. Bit of, it was a bit of it. He would have been a drifter if he hadn't played rugby. I would have thought yeah. he would just go if we had a week off. He would go on holiday by himself. Mm. If it didn't suit anybody else, he kind of oh, days off. He would just travel around the country. Yeah, kind of. That's you got to understand like where he's from. Though he's from a uh, he's Tokoro. from a yeah, Tokoro. So and that there is very very small. Um, mm. Not a like stereotypically not a very nice place as well. Um, I'm talking like there's one high school and that, and there's not very much going on. So. Um, I'm sure when he got over here, he was licking his lips, the fact that... Quade Cooper's from there as well, isn't he? Yeah, Quade Cooper. We, he um, took us for a trip uh, when we were on tour there. Me and Tommy went for a road trip with Bossy. Oh, yeah? He took us to, to visit Tokoroa. Yeah. And um, we, we went to visit his like old rugby... Um, yeah. <laughs> his old rugby club. And there were two uh, Maori guys on the pitch, like no one else for miles and they were just on the pitch practicing their pick and goes <laughs> <laughs> smashing each other uh, and then we went over and did like um what do you call that a hongi hongi yeah. hongi thing yeah boss he was like here give them a hongi they'll love that <laughs> so that's Tugaroa yeah was this all six 2006 maybe no no it was, it was later turned that because I think boss he was on that one he wasn't actually on tour but he was just home at the time mm. we we I remember we played. Where, where did the Chiefs play? In, is it Hamilton? Hamilton. Yeah, yeah, yeah. We played the we played the All Blacks in Hamilton, and then that night, then we went to a party, and uh, we went we went out to a club, and then Bossy was like, "Let's go back to." He had a house somewhere that he's renting out to all these students, and we all went back there, like, and we were back to like, "What were you doing?" So oh, we were playing New Zealand earlier on today, <laughs> and we we're like having a house party in yeah. uh, in, in Bossy's guy. Uh, yeah. That's it. No more stories. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, so take us back to being back home. Like, was it always the dream growing up to be a professional rugby player? Was that was it always the dream to play for Ireland <laughs> one day? Yes. Uh, we'll, get that, we'll, we'll get to that. Come on, we'll get there. Yeah, I guess like growing up, uh, like I'm not from like a big place. I'm from a place called Nelson, which is at the top of the South Island, and it's uh, like in the city centre. There's about sixty thousand people, so um, we don't quite have a university. Like we've got like kind of a polytech, you know. So a few high schools, you kind of go to high school and then you you go off to to your universities and that. But growing up, uh, I was always into sport, everything under the sun. Uh, my parents were very very encouraging for me to to stay with sport. They saw how much enjoyment I got from it. So um, yeah, I just you know like. You know, kids have like uh, all these toys around home now, and they're playing on iPads. Man, you could give me a ball, and I'd entertain myself for hours in the backyard. Um, I grew, yeah, like kind of like in our street. I guess there were a whole load of kids as well. So like, literally, like I remember coming home like a year when the um, 
was when the street lights came on, that's kind of when you had to had to be home sort of thing. And like there was a school 100 metres away, there was a field another 100 metres away, there was, um, they were actually building a highway, like a, it's called the Southern Link, like another 100 metres away, so we'd always go playing like a, the big tubes and stuff, yeah. the, big, uh, the big pipes going on down there. And, you know, like we just entertained ourselves with sport and um, a lot of my friends... You know, they could have been if they if they had stuck at sport. They we were, I don't know. You know, like you know when you you have a kid, and you think yeah, my kid's the best at everything. You know, and like I could see so many of my friends being professional sportsmen if they had stuck at it. Um, and yeah, like a lot of them, they enjoy what they do now. You know, they went to university and got their degrees. Really enjoyed life down there. But I mean, that's the, that's the standard of of player that was. Oh, you know, there's so much talent. And like, yeah, I, you still like look like you play the game, like you're having fun. Like yeah. you're saying, like, grinning through your gum shield. You're, you still look like you have that attitude. That you're just there yeah. having fun and you're your mates in the street. Has that changed in New Zealand? Like as as you said, like it's back then it was playing in the street. Is, has it changed now? Do you reckon back home? Is it because um, that's what everyone says? The beauty of of New Zealand rugby is that the kids just play ball all day and that's why they're they're so good. Is that um, still the same? Yeah, I, I can't see it being that much different. You know, like. Uh, you know, obviously with technology and everything so accessible and that, and I guess parents are probably looking after their kids a bit more, but like, man, if I went down, especially in my little, uh, I guess my suburb, I've, man, there'll still be kids running around bare feet, you know, turning up to school in bare feet and in the middle of winter, and um, I don't see a change in that much. I just, like, it's just, like, it was fun though, you know, it was so uh, so free. Now you're stressing about everything. There's so many, so many different things. You're scared what everyone else is doing, and um, but no, I, I don't think it will change anytime soon. No. Mm-hmm. Tyler, I asked. Um, well, he's a, he's a posh kid. You got to remember that. Right. I asked Tyler. I said, like, what's the difference, man? Like, what, like, you know, for Ireland to beat the All Blacks, so much stuff has to go right for Ireland. Like, their set piece has to go right. Mm. You know, they got to get uh, their kicking game. Everything has got to go right. Whereas for when when you're playing the All Blacks, like I was like, what? The difference is their their, their skill set so much higher. He just said, listen, we played the game informally from a really young age. He said, I'd be like playing touch with my granddad and shit that, that on, on the beach. So you're constantly developing your skill set all the time. Whereas I think that there's a bit too much of a, a focus on on you know the power side of the game up here. Like I, I think it's catching up, but mm. that's the difference. Is the yeah. players are generally I feel like when I first came here, I remember going down to uh, to Donnybrook and watching the uh, schoolboys, and in terms of like uh, there was so much structure in a schoolboy system, mm. you know, and like you're seeing them coming from an edge and going to like they'll have like two pods <laughs> set up in the middle of the field and they'll be buzzing it and people would be running lines and stuff. And I mean, when I like I'm going back and I'm trying to think when I was 18 playing schoolboy rugby, I'm like, man, we just threw the ball around sort mm. of thing and like give it to the biggest kid and hopefully he does something <laughs> and then we'll all just yeah. run around. Um, you know, it's probably not as unstructured as that, but like when I came over the here, here, I thought, man, this is mental how well drilled everyone is. Um, and yeah. I, I heard Gordon Darcy talking about meeting uh, Steve Hansen uh, for a coffee before maybe it was the last time Ireland played New Zealand in, in the in November, and uh, he was talking to Steve about what uh, what Ireland or does he know what Ireland are going to do the weekend or do you reckon Ireland know exactly how New Zealand are going to play? And his answer was it was like the Wednesday before the game. He was like, "Man, I don't even know how we're going to play at the weekend. Like we're we don't have that much structure to our game." Um, is that the reality? Like, do like having seen both sides of the fence? I know you haven't worked with Joe Schmidt, but I suppose being close mm-hmm. to a lot of the lads, that they seem to have work, you know, work with so much structure. Do New Zealand not work with that kind of structure, yeah. or is he playing it down a bit? <laughs> I, yeah, he's probably probably playing it down a little bit. Like, obviously, there's like you have to put structure in, into rugby. People need to know where they go, but also there's that huge emphasis on just playing footy as well. Like, you could. <clears throat> you could from Monday, Tuesday, Wednesday, you're planning against a team that your best guess you think like you're guessing what they're gonna do. But they're doing the exact same thing. So they could be defending a specific way for six months prior, targeting the All Blacks and going, well, we're not gonna do that against them because obviously they've they've seen us do that, you know, and then they just completely flip it. So it's best guess. Um, but in terms of like a structure, like they'll go in having a rough idea of exactly what they're gonna do. But I mean it's going to completely change, you know, and they're just so good at heads-up rugby, um, and I think, especially with Mawanga and Barrett, 
kind of pulling the strings and imagine having both of them on both sides of the ruck, you just don't know what's going to happen. Um, so yeah, it's it's always best guess, and yeah, it's yeah, you know, yeah. No, I think um, I, I I like the idea that they're they're holding their cards close to their chest as well. The All Blacks, mm. you know, they've, they've, I've made the point a few weeks ago. Where I think they're just throwing the ball around for the first few games of the of the championship this year and just getting used to playing playing yeah. beside each other. Yeah, it was again. Um, I remember watching them against like South Africa or something, and like they'd come off an edge, you know, and they'd just send like two forwards, and then they'd go like five, ten meters back to Barrett Hood sitting there, and like you'd never seen that before, and you just don't know what sort of games. Like you're just showing as many pitches as you can. It's like, well, we're going to do one of these when we play against you, you know. So um, I think there is a little bit of that leading up to a World Cup as well. Yeah. Okay, so. Take us then from when you were over in New Zealand. I think you got injured just before you, you were hoping to maybe make a little bit of a, a breakthrough into the, yeah. into the All Blacks side, and then the opportunity came to end up here. Yeah. Uh, how's it been? Like, <laughs> what, was, what was the transition like, and how you find yourself now? Yeah, man, it's like a it's it's crazy how like close things could have been so different. You know, like. Um, so I think it was like 2015. So we got knocked out in the semis, the Chiefs. We played the Hurricanes up there. We got knocked out. Uh, it was like the Monday. <laughs> so I was actually in a, catching a taxi with, I think, Sam Kane. And the coach, had, the All Blacks coach, had messaged me because the Hurricanes were playing the Highlanders. Obviously, the Hurricanes had, you know, Julian Savier. The Highlanders had Wasaki Naholo. They were both All Black wingers. They were playing against Samoa over there. It was a... I wouldn't say an exhibition match, but it was awesome. Like, they were obviously... New Zealand were always going to win that if they didn't send their best team, you know. And uh, With the rugby championship coming up, uh, it was a good chance to try and bleed people in, people who had been playing well. And um, literally got a text. It was like, hey, um, like, you want to catch up for a coffee tomorrow sort of thing? Uh, give you work-ons, things that we need to do. Because they just announced the team, you know, the uh, 33-man squad for the uh, championship. But with this game not being in the championship, other people were going to play. And um, yeah, so I went and met the coach, and he was like, "Literally, if you if you didn't need surgery, because I was getting surgery, you know, like a week later." And uh, he would have been like, "Yeah, well, you would have been, you literally, uh, we would have we would have taken you over there." So it it could have happened just like that, you know. And uh, thank God for I remember when I hurt my shoulder it was Jordan Taufour who's actually going over to to Leicester Tigers, him running down the sideline, just absolutely walloping me, and that's how I hurt my shoulder. So really, we should be thinking. Uh, should be thanking him. Right. Yeah. <laughs> um, and then, yeah, you flip it on its head. I think it was like 2017. Um, obviously, I was going off contract the year after. Um, had really no intention of, of leaving New Zealand, you know. And then, that, I guess that was at the start. And then, I guess, you know, people start talking. I start, like, my mindset almost starts to change. I'm going, all right, I'm 24, going to be 25. Like, do I still want to be an all black? Yeah, I do. But the opportunity to obviously come over here, um, challenge myself outside the safety net of you know family and friends, um, a huge experience, massive opportunity, come over here, play footy at the highest level, uh, you know, like obviously I would like to do that when I was 32, you know, stay mm. there, be an all black, get 50 tests. Um, but then like I, I kind of realised like, man, I've been playing good footy for the last three years. And I haven't made it. Like I'm not. Like I'm not there. And I was sat in the car talking to my dad on the phone. And he's like, "Yeah, man, I thought you were going to be an All Black by now." Like, <laughs> what a disappointment. <laughs> yeah, <laughs> you know. So, um, yeah. And then I was like, "Dad, like, like, I mean, there's there's this offer on the table. Like, I might go." And he's like, "Mate, well, you know, we'll support you. Whatever you want to do." So, and yeah, like, I guess in terms of like coming over here, like it was kind of. Obviously, with the contract, it was like, yeah, we want you in three years' time to play for Ireland. That was kind of the reasoning why I was offered like yeah. someone in my position who hadn't been an All Black yet. Um, so, yeah, and then, you know, came over here. Transition's been awesome. Um, still got, what, 14, 15 months until I guess I'm Irish. We're, in a, we're trying to get, like, finalise everything now. And, I mean, who knows? It's... Yeah, it's a potential. Yeah, would you? Um, whenever that was announced back home, would you have got some criticism from like, a few New Zealanders? <laughs> um, not players, you know. Like players obviously understand it. I think it's changing. It's changing huge back home. Like obviously, I've still got a lot of friends who are playing there, but they're starting to talk with each other in terms of like a financial thing. Like 
mate, it's going to be over soon. Like, yeah. you're going to be lucky if you get to 35. Like, you need to build up as much as you can before you're 35 to make sure, you know, you can do two years, whatever you want, figuring out what exactly you need to do to make sure you can, you know, retire happy. Yeah. It's um, gonna, the, the careers are going to get shorter and shorter. People are going to be retiring. <laughs> that's, that's it. Like, I mean, you think about concussion, like, there's, like, more career endings happening. Yeah. You know, like, it's a, it's a matter of time before the, mm. the window keeps getting smaller. Um, but yeah, the boys are talking back home and they're like, well, okay, if that person's the number one and he's getting X amount of money, I'm number two. Like if he gets injured, I'm moving to that number one spot. I'm not worth half of what he's worth, you know? And they literally, they're talking with each other and then going back to, to the employer and being like, look, like if he gets injured, I'm the number one. I, I'm not worth half, half him. So that there's also changing and... Um, you know, like I guess financially, it's a it's a lot it's a lot nicer over here, especially being from New Zealand. You literally, you know, it's like dollar sixty, like for one euro, dollar sixty five. Like yeah. it's a in a way like that, it's a no brainer. And that there is that there was a I guess a big motivating factor. But like, you know, my head and heart's here, man. Like I yeah. I'm really enjoying it. So like you can say whatever you want financially, but like if you're a postman and the dude down the road said, "Oh, I'm going to pay you more." Come on, like you're gonna do it, you know. So yeah. um, when you put it into into perspective, and the people who normally say mean things, <laughs> they're ones who like they they've never sat in the seat, they've never they've never had to deal with these sort of uh, these stresses, they've never had to put it into perspective. Posh guys like Tyler. <laughs> <laughs> that was a wee bit mean on Tyler. He's a ve- he's actually one of the nicest men um, that I've ever met. We um, we played at the when he was at the Crusaders when I was like 18, 19 is when I first met him. He's a year or two older than me, but he was very, very welcoming, you know, mm. when I when I first went down there. Um, so that was a little bit mean. On, yeah. on, uh, I didn't take on it personally. Yeah. <laughs> yeah, please when, you, when you say people are being mean, do you mean like, so everyone on Twitter criticised, I think this week in particular has been, yeah. uh, you know, it's been quite hot on Twitter with, with yeah. what happened to, to between Dev and, and John Klein getting in ahead of him. Yeah. Is that what you mean when people are being mean? Yeah. Yeah, yeah that's the that's the nice way that people are being mean, you know, yeah. like, uh, I don't know, like I, I think social media is, is awesome in so many ways and I think it's stupid and, just mm. as many ways, you know, like, mm. uh, you can't, like, obviously Joe saw something in, in Klein that he didn't see in Dev, you know, and, like, you've got to respect the decision. Like, this man's, uh, from all accounts, has been awesome for Ireland. And, like, even since I've been here, he's been, he's been very, very good. Um, so he's obviously got the master plan. Not going to tell you the master plan, but unfortunately it just didn't include Dev, you mm. know. Dev's one of the nicest men I know as well, so... Um, absolutely heartbroken for him. So, but yeah. it's the it's the roller coaster of rugby. Yeah, a few mm. of our penguins were right, weren't they? We never spoke about this actually. A few of our with the with the they s- called it. Yeah, yeah, squads. Yeah, yeah. Fair play to them. No, our penguins are they're all over. Oh, thank actually. you very much, penguins. They're very reliable penguins. Uh, yeah, keep. Uh, you could be a penguin for us on the inside. <laughs> yeah, inside uh, of trading. Yeah, yeah, yeah. yeah. All penguins. Yeah. <laughs> uh, yeah, the mood has somewhat lifted. It was quite down on our. The penguins were quite down during the week, kind of. Fi- our penguins are fickle, <laughs> aren't they? <laughs> yeah, they're delighted again after the after the the win at the weekend. So keep rating and reviewing and all that crack because producer Pat, producer Spat. Who is now producer Stat because he keeps lobbing stats at us today and he's got a very fancy yes. little microphone with him today. If only everybody could see this microphone, yeah. He loves, he, the he loves our rate and a review. Um, to the Irish match, give us some of those stats. Yes, all right. Um, we Opta were very good as well, so it's not just me crunching numbers here on my own, it's just getting in touch with a, a boffin over an Opta about them. But there's some brilliant ones about the, um, the Irish forwards because I, I noticed during the, the game that. Um, the Irish forwards basically didn't miss a tackle for the entire game. And uh, so I kind of wanted to get, and myself and Trimby were talking about it, and he said how many of those tackles he wanted were dominant then as well. So got in touch with Opta, and they got back to us. And uh, so the Irish forwards, starters and subs, made 71 tackles, and they didn't miss a single one. Uh, five of those tackles were dominant then as well. Um, and you compare that to the Welsh, they made 138, missed four, and they only made one dominant tackle for the whole game. So... Uh, the forwards I wonder just, he was so up, upset. <laughs> yeah, yeah, yeah. Well, as as, yeah, as Gatlin said, the way to stop Ireland is winning the collisions, and yeah. Ireland absolutely <coughs> dominated them there yesterday. True. 
Please. Kilcoyne and Reese Ruddock when he came on had two dominant shots. He had three shots in about 30 seconds and two of them were massive hits when he mm. came in. Mm. So, uh, yeah, I thought, like, yeah, you're right, man. I thought the Ireland's ability to, to win collisions and, and win gain line was, was awesome. The bench in general produced a big impact, I thought. Mm. Um, across the board, Ringrose went well, Reese went well, um, Kilcoyne, Sean Cronin. Ian Henderson all went well all created impact because I know Joe puts a big emphasis on his bench Yeah, uh, and we didn't see that last week we definitely didn't see it the week before um, you know, we kind of dropped off again Again, this is kind of what we talked about whenever we got hammered by England the boys are just knackered and they're just slightly fresher last week and then now it looks like they're they're feeling good and they're kind of feeling confident and fresh and then obviously that correlated to an 80 minute performance bench coming on producing another bit of um, a bit of impact so it was I thought it was a pretty impressive performance it wasn't a great game was it it was okay no. it was more of a test match than the last couple but like it wasn't an entertaining game really unless you were a purist mm. it was just nice to see I think it was going to open up after about 60, match of, 60 minutes it would have been a, if it was a Six Nations game it would have opened up he wouldn't have taken off all the, you know some of the best players and I think it would have been a more exciting finish but because they were on a hiding to nothing it was like just take everyone off and, yeah. and get through it um, so, like the criticisms over the last few weeks have been Ireland struggling to get into any kind of uh, rhythm or form because lineups and scrums maybe haven't been one of the reasons why uh, they haven't been operating as well. The weekend they still didn't go brilliantly, but we still got you know possession wise we we uh, we controlled I think seventy three percent of possession in the second half and controlled the game largely. What do you think that was down to? What did we change that was better this week? Um, I think it's unfair to criticise the scrum. I thought the Welsh scrum improved a lot. I'd said last week on last week's show I thought the Welsh were going to struggle with their scrum, um, but they stepped up quite well. But I thought I thought Ireland played well off the scrum and they have done consistently. Mm-hmm. Um, the the lineout started poorly. I think I think James Ryan. It was it was a good opportunity for him to show that he could be a secondary caller. If you were to look at say maybe if they were to go with Ian Henderson going out with, with Dev being taken yeah. out, I know just from working with John, I know that John isn't 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 up to speed yet with calling lineouts. Um, Tyg Tyg Byrne can call, but then if they they have Ian Henderson and now they have James Ryan as well, who's shown he, he can call at that level, and it was a slow start. Um, but 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 Ireland, I think Ireland got some some reasonably good delivery. They only they generally true to. True to two in nearly all of their lineouts, apart from a couple when Sean Cronin came on, they went to middle back and they won some ball that they mauled off. Um, but they're going str- to struggle with their launch though if they if they throw if their lineout becomes conservative just to make sure they win the lineout and then they they're all going to narrow up and they're not going to get yeah. But, th- but put it put it in, put yourself in their position like they went they went into the English game and their lineout was ripped apart. So then. The, the criticism then is that if England are going to give you the front, you have to be able to take the ball there and do something <coughs> off it. You have to have a plan, which they did over the last two weeks. It's just that if you really want to challenge the bigger teams, you don't want to be throwing these 15-metre passes because you saw like when for for uh, for Bigger's interception, they, they took the ball off two in the line-out, off a five-man. They went down and give, but Bigger just cheated. Bigger just flew in the defensive line. So then they had the... By the time James Ryan won the ball, brought it down, delivered it to Murray, and then Murray ripped that pass across, Dan Bigger was halfway up the pitch, and then when Sexton dropped the ball off, he was he had intercepted it. Whereas if they had won that ball at the tail, it would have sat them down that much more, and they would have got another seven, eight metres. They could have attacked the channel wider. Yeah. So I think that that's something that they'll probably look to bring into their game. Or it's something that if, if they want to really stretch the, 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 the tier one teams... Mm. Um, Leinster are actually quite um, clever with their, their line-outs. Whenever they go to the front, often they get... Um, Sean Cronin they managed to get Sean Cronin kind of scooting mm. so they don't have the long pass from 9 to 10 you, you, I see I, I watch you play the Scarlets you, and I watch yourself in daily an accusation we're, we're coming <laughs> in like I, I'd watch sorry, guilty sorry. Yeah. No, I, was, I remember when I was watching I said like they're, they're just packing they're, they're just taking ball at 2 in the line out here they're just mauling it but then they go with a short hit up just outside the 15 yeah. and then yourself or Barry Daly I think it was were coming in and playing 9 then just to speed it up yeah like it's a, there's all these like obviously like we, when we go back to the plans like if they're dying at the back you're going to have to go to the front like mm. there's no point in throwing up a 50-50 with two pods standing at the back you know and then when it does go to the front your plan might change so yeah we we go around the edges and then whoever's there just throws it and we go off there you're trying to trap a whole forward pack that's been mauling mm. and then we go again and it's just backs against backs it's when it's when the mall you go to the front the mall they get a hit 
they don't have people on the ground and then they get around the corner, then I don't want to go around the corner. I think Ireland, for me, they, they, despite not having a brilliant platform, again, they were able to vary up their attack in terms of uh, lines of running and I think that Murray's passing was incredible at the weekend mm. and the, the speed of the ball and it wasn't just about us winning collisions. It was a little bit of everything. Like He, he obviously knew that he wanted to get quick ball, quick ball. I, I kind of talked about it last week where I thought our 9-10 to 10 pass was quite short and, uh, and or even 9-1 to first receiver pass has been quite short for the last six months. I think in the Six Nations it was the same. When we beat the All Blacks, when we've been at our best in the past, it's like we're, we're creating a little bit more space uh, by taking out those first three or four defenders with a long pass or defender or attackers are coming from, from different angles and, and uh, there's just a lot more going on. Like you saw at the weekend, if, if CJ was a first receiver, he would have an inside option off him, which we haven't had for Ireland. I think our, our, runner, our runners have been really kind of just stop, start and stand and taking the ball and no threat. So... Um, I think it just shows for me that a lot of emphasis has been put on the line out and the scrum and getting our platform so right. Mm. I think that's the way Joe likes to play. But if that's not going right, we still have to have good enough basics that we can that we can still you know play uh, a better game rather than just fuck when shit goes wrong we just go all tight and get anxious. You know. So like James is saying the ability to adapt on field uh, like you can have a plan. And then when that plan is being, you, 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 just, you just switch the focus slightly. So if, if, if they're potting at the tail, if you want to go and hit, hit in a wider channel, you want to go to an edge and they're potting there, well, you can't just, you can't just say, well, we're going to go with the plan anyway and we're yeah. potentially lose the ball. I think um, there's, there's probably twofold to it. And I think, I, I think the, uh, when you're winning collisions, then it's obviously so much easier to get, to get that ball and, and take advantage of something like Murray's passing. I thought it... The speed that he was moving the ball and how accurate it was, like for mm. people running onto it. But you're not always going to win collisions against real, real quality th- sides. So I think the ability to be really early with the targeting and to try and win that meter beyond the ball to create the space for Murray then is a big difference. And I think I think Wales were cynical with that, particularly in, inside in the 22. Um, and that's probably you, you looked at for, for for Rob's try, for Rob Carney's try. CJ actually. CJ just ran over Patchell and then it's, it's there, it's on a plate and Murray just rips it and then Sexton puts it into Rob's hand and he finishes it. But I think that their ability then in the second half, the more that they can actually get the Welsh bodies a metre beyond the ball, clear them beyond the ball, that mm. makes a big, big difference. See, it slowed down a couple of times in round halfway and then once, once their, their Ireland's phase play kind of dries up or you don't get that kind of impact of that gain line, then once or twice we looked a wee bit aimless and then we had to go to the air. Mm. When you're going to the air against wheels, you've got <coughs> bigger half penny or if you or maybe um, Lee, uh, Liam Williams or George North, you know, like those aren't contests you're gonna fancy yourself. No, but man, if you watch the kick chase. We did we did well. Yeah, we did it was well. outstanding. Like the actual we didn't get into the contest to challenge for the ball, but when that when when that player landed, the the, the blast, like Jordan Lamore had an awesome mm. one, didn't he? Turned the ball over. Mm. Oh my, getting his name wrong again. Am I? <laughs> he was playing for France at the weekend. <laughs> what, do you, what do you call him, man? Jordan Larmer, isn't it? What, is it? what is it? Uh, yeah, in D Fort's Lama. Yeah. yeah. Where is it? What is it in Limerick? Lamour. Okay, he's Larmer. Larmer, all right. Yeah. But it, I thought, yeah, you're right. I, the fact that they went off, they went off, uh, they went off kicking off nine and it was effective for them. Like it, it, it wasn't so much about getting to the contest in the air, but their, their, their tackle blast was really good. The tackle, bl- sorry, blasting, getting through and disrupting yeah. them, I thought was really effective. Uh, did so. you notice in their phase play, um, Johnny getting taken out again? If you're playing <laughs> like, like, if Jonathan's on your team, you look after him, okay? If you're playing against him, you go after him. Absolutely. You go after the talisman, you go after the man that you know yeah. dictates so much of the game. There's a little bit of afters as well, because I think it was Jake Ball. <sighs> Yeah. Took him out, and then there's a little bit of slabbering. I'm sure, I'm certain Johnny was given a little bit back. Oh, without a doubt. Jonathan <laughs> hasn't been on the pitch in that long. He's got all this rage yeah. built up. Yeah. You know, he just doesn't matter who yeah. hit him. Like, um, But yeah, that's literally what you do. It's kind of like um, like with Murray, like playing against probably Munster. Like, he passes it, you get in his way, you make him go around you, you try to get him on the deck, every little thing like that. Because if you can slow, you slow down a nine or you keep a 10 on the ground, it's, go, it's a huge. Like that extra two seconds, you get set, you get a little bit wider, you get a little bit more line speed, you get a little bit more connected. And, um, that like cheating without getting caught, you yeah. know, it's uh, it's all part of the game. For some reason, cheating obviously like for the, in the in the context of the game, 
Jake Ball's going right. I've had a blinder here. I've took Johnny mm. out of the phase plan. I probably dried up actually because Johnny wasn't yeah. for the, available for the next couple of phases because he was roll, he was rolling right, <laughs> looking for attention. Yeah. But so there's the game like the, the success that G- Jake Ball got in terms of the game. But just getting under Johnny's skin is very satisfying. Oh yeah. He's a man you can get a red you can get red mist out of mm. very easily. Yeah. I got out of him and he would have got out of me occasionally as well. <laughs> You'd be good mates with Johnny, wouldn't yeah, you? Yeah, I am good mates with him and um I said this earlier on in the week. Uh we go to the same dude to get a haircut and he actually <laughs> forgot to pay. So oh. like we were, you have we pay by cash and um, he had a quite a busy day. It was his day off. He had kicking and physio and all that. And he said, oh, I'll come back later sort of thing. And I was back like four hours later into the into the barbie. He's like, yeah, Jonathan hasn't paid for his haircut. <laughs> like, and obviously, like, Jonathan was going to go pay for his haircut. And I just thought, it's perfect opportunity. I'm going to pay for his haircut. I'm going to have a one-up on him. Uh, when I get an opportunity, I'm going to tell the world just to make sure. Uh-huh. Um, and, yeah, literally later on that night, it was about 6 o'clock and he rang, so he must have gone in to pay. He goes, oh, my God, like, I knew. <laughs> and, like, <laughs> you know, I'm yeah. like, yeah, it's, I mean, it's the way of the world, mate. Anything to get one up on Jonathan. That's quite a, a diverse portfolio of haircuts. Uh, you on one end mm. of the scale and Johnny on the other. Yeah. This guy can do everything. Yeah, he can. He's a, he is a very good barber. Um, and, you know, like, Part and parcel, you got to be able to chat as well, and you know he does a lot of them. Dave Carney was actually in just before uh-huh. before me as well, so um, I'm admiring it from here. There's, there's yeah, probably people don't. You've got it taken yeah. up. It's shaved yeah. beneath that. What's that called? I don't know. It's I just ask for a tidy up. I um so for literally it must have been about 28 months. I didn't do anything because I'd like. I only get a cut from one barber back home. It's yeah. like one of my mates that I trusted enough. And then when I came over here, I actually I went home in January and I'd said him off. I told him I was going to a wedding. I was like, I just need to tidy it up, like around the sides. Um, and he's like, sweet, I'll do it. But when you go back to, to Ireland, you're going to have to like maintain it or else it starts getting really, I guess, messy, you know, different lengths of hair, literally like hair, to different lengths. Um, and I you went to. your hair will grow. Yes. Okay. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> but, you know, we need... <laughs> Jesus. Um, there's a bit of detail there. I yeah, there is a bit, there's a bit it's of detail. It's not going to stay like this, James. But, yeah, and I went into this barber and I, I literally sat him down. I was like, you can't fuck my hair up, all right? Like, this is my pride it's and my joy day. at the moment. Um, and he's like, don't worry. Uh, I'll make sure, like, we're on the same page here. Like, he was sweating as I was, like, grilling him. But... um. He does a very, very good job in Rainla. Yeah, yeah, there's a bit of detail there. That looks like a haircut that, that Joe would appreciate the detail. You just walked in with a picture of Steven Seagal and said, this is who I yeah, want to be this here. Is it. Um, <laughs> but your hair one, was it long when you, when you played back home? Um, I, I don't know what it was. I was literally like one New Year's when I, when I was but drifting, you know. Um, <laughs> I was like, no, nah, Barry's gonna, house. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> I was just like, yeah, I'm just going to grow my hair, um, and it goes through such an awkward, an awkward phase because obviously I had a mm. nice and tidy, you know, fade on the side, wee bit of a, a mop on top. So when it did grow, obviously because the top of my hair was a lot longer than the sides, when it came to tie it up, I had this like awkward like top knot, mm. but then I had the you know the hair all coming along here. Um, so yeah, it's. It's it's come a long way since then, but yeah, it was a the, lot of awkward. The ponytail is kind of um, a contentious one up, up north in Belfast. Whenever John O'Gibbs was coaching, because um, <laughs> we had a guy Pete Brown, um, Irish qualified English um, second row, and he got his hair to, to that point where he kind of had a bit yeah. of a top knot or a bit of a ponytail, and he arrived out to training, <laughs> and John O'Gibbs goes, um, "I've never coached anyone with a ponytail." And I'm not about to start today. <laughs> <laughs> Take a ponytail out. Yeah, that was the end of it. Great man, John O'Gibbs. Yeah. Uh, he's a, he's the boss back home yeah. uh, in Chiefs Country. Yeah. yeah, he's definitely the boss. He's well thought of. Very very highly highly rated. Anyway, he was a, he was the captain of the Maldives when they bet the Lions. Oh really? And what was that like? Oh, third? 2005. Yeah. 2005. Yeah, he was the captain. Mm. Um, yeah, he's very very highly. Uh, how much I'm weight have you put on? Because when you said the Maoris, you played. You you played for. Put on you, weight. You played for. You played <laughs> for the Maoris against Munster, did you not? Yes. Yeah. You did. I remember because I was coaching that then, and um, and you you played and, and it was like the weather was brutal, oh, yeah. brutal. But like uh, 
I remember like I think Darren Sweetenham scored a try. He was you were marking Darren Sweetenham. Darren, Darren Sweetenham scored a try, and it was announced then that you were coming to Leinster. And I said, Oh yeah, he was kind of a skinny guy. I remember that guy, James Lowe. And then he came over, and I was like, What? The fuck? How's he getting all swollen, <laughs> man? <laughs> yeah. Well, I guess like I was I wasn't skinny. I've never really been skinny, you know. Um, I don't know, you know, life, stress of life, you know, it's a... Would you put on a lot of weight? You do no, a lot more weight? It's, no, <laughs> stress of life, like, <laughs> want to play so rugby. Yeah. 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 <laughs> um, Any kids? No. <laughs> no. no. <laughs> Is he going for heavy you get with your kids? <laughs> yeah, I don't, I don't know, like, I've always, like, I, I guess when I was playing super rugby, I was playing at about 104, and now I'm about 107 playing, um... I don't know, it was just I'm enjoying life over here. Guinness tastes very, very good over here as well. So Plug. Um, yeah. Plug. You're welcome. Plug. Yeah. Yeah. Plug. Um, but yeah, like, I don't know, like I'm just a little bit heavier. Like I'm still it's weird, like you look, I, you look great, like <laughs> Yeah, yeah. Don't don't get a like, I just I'm, said, I'm on the defensive right I was, chatting, <laughs> I, was, I was chatting to Posh Tyler and I said, uh, I said what's, the, what's the story with James Law, man? He was like skinny when he played for the Maoris. He goes, Ah, that's just Northern Hemisphere rugby, man, just loads and loads of weights. I was like, Fuck. Yeah. Oh yeah, that there is probably part of it how uh, in depth I guess the the season is here and also part of it like back home because you play two different seasons. So you play super rugby and you play minor ten, so there's a lot of like you're going from into different programs, there's not as much of a, a long build-up, you know. The game over here is probably a little bit slower, a little bit more physical, confrontational, you know. So I guess mm. almost in a way you have to be a little bit more prepared to take to take that sort of, uh, those sort of hits. Um, and yeah, like it's just, it's just the way, the yeah, way of the yeah. world. Yeah. Every, like literally every Southern Hemisphere rugby player that comes over here, they always, they put on weight, uh, whether it's good or bad. Because of the longer season, you've got to be more robust. I yeah. see. I saw it in the in the Premiership, man. You just see. I remember when Donica Callahan went over there, and his whole thing was like he said he went to Worcester, and they were like, I think Donica was probably like 118, like super, like dude is like unbelievably fit. It's always been something mm. that he's built his game around. And he went over and he said they were like, listen, if you get to 120, we'll handle. We'll be happy with this this many yeah. meters meters per meters per minute. If you get to 122, we'll take this many meters. If you get to 125, and I was like, well, when does this stop, man? Yeah. If you get to 180, <laughs> but, and I suppose it's just because, like you said, you know, once you get past probably, once you get into October, like middle of October, the weather starts getting yeah. pants again. Like, and the ball is slippy, <laughs> the pitches are hard and soft, and the game becomes so much more about when just bang, bang, bang. So. Mm for robustness and the length of the season. Yeah, I think, like, actually one a point that just came to my head, like, uh, I guess, like, I'm a, different, I'm a different sort of winger as well compared to your stereotypical Northern Hemisphere. And if you look across our team, like, um, I guess the other, like, you took thing like Dave Carney, Barry Daly, uh, Ken Kelleher, um, you know, like, we're completely different mm. athletes as well, you know, like, they're, like, I guess, like in terms of, like I'm very like big hipped, you know. Like I like, I like, I like contact. I like. You know, you're kind of. <laughs> <laughs> yeah, yeah, I like trimby. Trimby. Um, <laughs> you know, like, no, we're like, we, we, nah. are, we are different. <laughs> we are different athletes, and we're like what's expected of us with that is also different. Like I don't have to be as as fit as him. I can get through eighty minutes perfectly fine I can back it up back up 80 minutes three like three games in a row like that there's all perfectly fine but what's expected of me like or what Dave does I can't do what Dave does but then also when you flip it like I do different things to Dave mm. especially in the game as well like I may I may not touch the ball as much but when I do touch the ball I try and make sure because my I can't go bang 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 my repeat efforts maybe like what mm. da, what a Dave can do um, so yeah like my gym is different my what I my targets are different my you know, like that's, it's just all part and parcel and it's finding that, I guess, that balance as well. We're not tarring everyone with the same brush. Mm. Like Dave might, Dave's quicker than me. That's, like, that's fine. Like it doesn't, doesn't bother me. I'm yeah, gonna, yeah. If you, what, yeah. Oh, I'm afraid to say the dude's name now. Fuck a, fuck a singer. Fuck. <laughs> Cock yeah. sing. Yeah, 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 yeah versus yeah. Anthony Watson for yeah. England. There you go. Okay, okay. Like I that's a, yeah. Mm. I think uh, interesting now I've seen those different combinations that Ireland had at the weekend. It's going to, I suppose it's going to ask a lot of questions. Who do they go with in the front row? Who do they go in the back row? Who do they go in the centres? Have you any thoughts on that? Centres first? Uh, centres first. Uh, Bondi Key was unbelievable. Yeah. Unbelievable. Yeah. Heavy hipped. Very heavy. Man of your own heart. Yeah. Um, and just like winning collisions, getting gain lines. He was class. He's probably, he, like, 
typically he might have been considered like maybe third or fourth kind of choice centre. He's played so much rugby for Ireland though in the last couple of years and his performance at the weekend and in Wales last weekend as well. He potentially could be the first choice centre. Henshaw was class as well. Mm-hmm. And so Ringrose now maybe, I don't know, but maybe because of his utility, because Ringrose, yeah. it's a shame that because you can play another <laughs> position, then you're considered maybe not first choice in your yeah. first position, but Bundy and Henshaw is a serious combination of mm. centre. Mm. Yeah, well, and then you think, yeah, because of, unfortunately, Gary's versatility, yeah. he's probably going to end up with 23 on his back for most of the games because yeah. of where he can go, where he can yeah. slot in. Um, straight yeah. off the bench the weekend, made that brilliant decision to, like, to come in off his, off his wing. Yeah. And, like That has something we've missed over the last few weeks, and even though he's not a winger, he... He had that ability to do it straight yeah. away. It was he's really ridiculously good on defense. He's man. brilliant. He shoots, doesn't he? Yeah. Well, his like decision making process and like everything and how quick he can do it. What he does, he's fully committal. Like I remember, like having him on inside me. I'm like, this is awesome because when I screw up here, <laughs> my boy's gone, <laughs> there, man. Like it's gonna happen. Yeah. Um, but yeah, and then I just follow him wherever he goes. Like in his communication, his his process of eliminate like. He, he is so good to play outside, yeah. inside of, outside of. He's yeah. a classy player, isn't he? Mm. Yeah. Um, and he's, even though he's not physically as big, he's slippy, you know, he kind of slips mm. through gaps. Yeah. <laughs> but uh, I think Ringrose is someone, like, it's a shame, it's not a shame, but it's, yeah, it's unfortunate from him. From him, that he, can still tar- he can still start at 13. I and know, you can bring someone on and and, yeah. and slot him back. It's not like, but it's it's less. It's I know, I know. It's it's there's more. Moving there's more disruption. Around. There's yeah. more disruption. But and because Joe's talked about him, his versatility. He actually talked about how he can play ten. Did he? Yeah. Mm. Which is probably a stretch. Isn't yeah. It? I yeah. Who nine? Heard, no. Was, no was ten. Ten. Yeah. yeah. Uh, no, it's Carberry's covering nine, isn't it? Mm. Yes. Yeah. Carberry's played scrum half. Yeah. He's yeah. played scrum half. Yeah. Yeah, which that was like another. God talking. In the <laughs> um, that there's another interesting point with Joey, like you know having surgery and like, I mean yeah. I I do wish the best for him even though he did run run down run run west but yeah. um, you know I I so hope that he can come back and be world class again. Yeah. Like I think it'll be huge for Ireland if he's able to come back. Yeah. Mm. But he, no. I, I like when you talked about like the the new, the All Blacks with Moanga and Barrett. Yeah. Like to have Joey Carberry or Johnny either side. That's not not that's not being disrespectful to to Rob because obviously Rob is is the is the best fifteen that we have. Mm. But like it's it's the exciting option of being able to at some stage in the game have two first receivers like that either side of a rook. That challenge is unbelievable. Yeah. And, and I thought I thought Joey was phenomenal against Italy. I thought mm. honestly I thought yeah. he was the, his ability to move across the field and then just drop the ball his, his transfer time on his passes and on his kicks is phenomenal yeah. looking, looking really comfy though your first game in pre-season looking as comfortable and fluid as he did yeah. is impressive but it's probably a step up again to look that comfortable after, after an op mm. and then, then no rugby for I don't know six weeks it'll be probably mm. it, it'll be a challenge for him but he's obviously very very talented I would imagine something you said that st- stuck with me there like when, when you talk about like being able to adapt on the field and, and structure, like when, when working with Joey, when you'd, we'd be coming up with maps and we'd be saying, listen, we see that like this is something that the opposition are doing here and we reckon that you know if we stretch them a little bit here and their tail gunner shoots off the line out, that this, this option could be on for you. Mm. And some, some players will look at it and they'll just go, okay, well, that's my only option then. And they'd be like, well, what if this happens? And it's kind of more like they're just seeing the negative in it. Whereas Joey would be like, yeah, I've got that. And if not, then I'll just go to yeah. these. He, he, he sees everything, you know? Am I articulating myself enough? Yeah, there? yeah, yeah. Yeah, that's and it's it's because the the skill sets of a level that you're not just saying okay, well, I'm just going to do one thing. You're going to go well. Yeah, I can see that that's that's potentially going to be an option based on the analysis. But if not, if they do plug that hole, then yeah, yeah I've but got something. I think else. this is kind of what we were talking about earlier on. So people sometimes are critical of Ireland or Irish rugby in general because they think we're quite structured. Mm. But I think that structure comes first, like what we were talking about earlier. And then you give guys like Joey or Johnny the ball at the line with a couple of options. If he hits this one, it's more likely we'll get around the corner. If not this one, then we can read that. Once you've got the structure, then you can start making those decisions on the go. And I think then you get the best of both worlds. Yeah. Mm. yeah. So that's the end of the show. So I like, <laughs> <laughs> there we go. Know, yeah. Anything? Uh, yeah. <laughs> Didn't think so. <laughs> a quick one on the back row. Uh, Interesting, uh, putting CJ in six, Conan in eight. Uh, 
few people kind of maybe saying Conan hasn't snatched the opportunity like people would hope him to do. Um, but my opinion is uh, he's, he's doing enough. He's a footballer. He's more of a natural eight. CJ, uh, you know, when you look at the best number eights in the world, they are like the Kieran Reeds, the, the Vonapolas, the guys, that, the real natural footballers. Um, CJ seems to be coming into his own over the last few weeks when they've stuck him in six and say, you just go out and do damage, man, and just work your ass off. Yeah, you take like, that responsibility off him. Uh -huh. You know what I mean? It looked like he had a little bit of a point proof. Oh, he was I thought unreal. he looked so physical, didn't he? Yeah, he looked CJ. up for it, yeah. Yeah, I thought... I, I thought when he, didn't he first come here? He was more of a six than an eight, if I remember correctly. Uh, possibly, yeah. I think you might be right. Yeah. Well, I, I think, I think, uh, I think they just needed to give Jack Conan some game time, and I thought he did. I thought he did pretty well. I don't think there was, I don't. I, from the guy who stood out for me in the back row was was Van der Fleer with the his acceleration, uh, is is phenomenal. He's a freak. Yeah. yeah he, it, he? If you look, if you go back and watch the game and just watch it, how much pressure he puts on the first receiver and forces the pass to be played early, and how quickly he can close the space from when a tackle occurs to being the first guy in there to just freeing up that ball, I thought that that was important because Ireland don't have if if. Ireland needed to have someone say, well, there's our seven, you know, and I think that he did that. I thought Conan played pretty well. He's, he's a massive power athlete off the back of the, off the, back of the scrum. I thought CJ's a guy who, po who posts big numbers, massive work rate. Um, I thought it was, it, like going from the horror show that was, that, was, that was losing to England to beating the Grand Slam champions back to back and going into the World Cup ranked number one, it, it's a great response. Um, I thought Reese Ruddock was, was was mean when he came on, yeah. man. You know his his, his impacts. I think I remember he got his first. Did he get his first cap for Ireland? He was like nineteen or something like that when we were yeah. in New Zealand. He came out then after the yeah. under twenties World Cup, didn't he? And he was like a man child. Yeah. So I forget like that he's still he's you know he's just been around so long. Yeah. Um, the interesting that the back row debate is like it's all up for grabs now, isn't it? Because mm. because CJ went well at six, then what do you do? Josh was unbelievable, but then you got Pete to come uh, bring yeah. back in there. Pete, Pete's the liner option, man. Like I think, how can you drop Josh? Or how not drop? How can you? I don't. I, don't, him, I, you I know, think. I think. You, I think. You, I, I'm looking at it and I go like Josh Vanderfleer. If he plays like that, yeah. You know, you just got to have. Pete's going to give you the going to give you line out, and he's going to give you like he 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 can make. He's he's not going to post huge numbers work rate wise but he's he's you know he he can have big big moments yeah. and in the liner honestly he's as good a line out jumper as you'll come across in world rugby he's yeah. so quick off the ground <clears throat> and that's somewhere where ireland have if you're going to be critical of them their their contesting liner has been really poor they've given teams ball middle back and and back ball as well and then that just puts your puts you under the pump so much defensively cuz teams have got the ball in two short passes and they're attacking outside your 13 so I think that that's somewhere that, that, that they can improve uh, and Pete will give them that. I think then it's it's kind of coming down with between CJ and Jack. I think there's a lot of trust built up in CJ. I thought Jack did, did or I thought Jack Conan did well at the weekend. It was, you know, he, he, he managed the scrum pretty well just up to the very last scrum. Uh, he, man he managed his control of the base. It might not well. just be one against the other. It might be if you're playing against, uh, I suppose they're both um, play with a bit of pace and a bit of width, but what um, comparatively, Scotland's going to be more physical. Japan's probably going to be more like less attritional, kind of play more with, more with. That might suit Jack, mm. whereas Scotland might suit uh, suit CJ. Yeah, yeah. It's not necessarily one like one is better than the other. They're just different. Realistically, we we <coughs> I, I I can't wait to see how how Joe manages the players through the pools to see because we should get to we should get to knockout stages. And it's knowing that having having everyone fit going into the knockout, whether it's whether it's the All Blacks or the Box, and then you see, just go from there, you know. Yeah. But we, we should get through it. Like, it's, I know there's, there's Japan isn't going to be a walk in the park either, and Samoa is going to be guys trying to take your head off. Yeah. Um, but James, t tell us about um, Josh, because Josh was on the show. Vendorfler. Yeah. yeah. Was He's he such a sparkling good. teeth and yeah. looking uh, yeah. as good as ever? Um, mate, he is, like, he was actually one of the first, when I first got here, he was... Uh, he was injured with something with his ankle, and he welcomed me into into Leinster with open arms. He's you know. sickeningly nice, isn't oh, he? Oh man, he's someone like he's like if I had a daughter, he can marry her, <laughs> like, sort of thing. If I wasn't with my girlfriend, I'd give him my I'd give <laughs> like you know, like he is that he's such a nice person. He's too nice for his own good. Yeah, you know, like he like 
Um, man, but he's... But man, if, if you have a daughter, he's yeah. going to be like 20 years, 20 years older now, Ever. which is going to be creepy. <laughs> no, well, yeah, and, and especially if he is going out with your missus and that's for your daughters. <laughs> This is like figurative, like, I'm trying to say how nice he is. You guys are begging Josh now. Now, he is such a nice dude, and he's so, uh, like, process-driven. Like, at the start of the game, before the game, all he's thinking in his head is that I'm getting off the line because that's what they want me to do. That's going to be the best thing for it. And now everyone's talking about it, you know? And, like, when everyone starts coming into form and they see Josh, like, you follow the leader, you know? You see Josh getting off the line and Mm. everyone else is getting off the line with him. And when it comes down to big moments and big games and, you you know, if they come up against the All Blacks and Rich Mwangi gets a ball and he's got Josh in front of him, like, options are all being cut out. Like, all he's going to be able to do is give it to him. He's not going to go out the back. Back to to Barrett or or Crotty, you know, like yeah, um, he's very he's he's thorough, he's professional, he's oh, reliable, isn't he? So he was um, he's so professional and his his approach is so mature for mm. such a young fella coming in that there was a vote uh, in in camp and it was like vote for a senior player squad, but there was whole criteria in round just reliability, who's most professional, who kind of really commits yeah. the most, and um, and it was uh, O'Mahony's um, Sexton, Rory Best, Murray. I think Josh was like the next. Yeah. The next he got the next highest votes. So like that's the way he's thought of in the team. Mm. Mr. Perfect. He is. Yeah, yeah, he's too perfect, man, for his own good. Yeah. There's a vote for. That's interesting to me. You guys mm. vote for senior players in the squad. Yeah. And yeah. they campaign. They campaign. Yeah. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. Putting up Badges. flyers. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. Coffee. Yeah. Yeah. Um, well, like, we we had that at Leinster this year, um, and predominantly because. Um, with the understanding that so many people were going to be out with the World Cup, you know, like we've got, I mean, there's 20 new people, well, not quite, but like there's there's a whole load of new young fellas and after a month of on-pitch training, like everyone sort of sat down and we you put down who you thought. Um, like obviously it's pretty, they stand out, you know, the older boys, it's your, it's your Scott Fardy, Ed Byrne, Ross Maloney, um, Jamison, like they are, on-field leaders and Leo kind of put it to the team just so then like you're not just like it's not just Leo's best mates yeah, yeah. <laughs> you know and I mean everyone's on the same page how'd you run? Uh, I was rehabbing unfortunately uh. but I, I'm, I'm the captain of the rehab group at the moment <laughs> <laughs> yeah. um, I, unfortunately it's not a group you want to be a part of yeah so um, but no trust I, uh, I actually went through a phase of trying to break physios I was getting so bored in there because um, you know they always have to have their time off, but I'm always kind of like a constant just because of the long term injury, and um, I've broken two. As in, like you've annoyed them so much, you've, you've <laughs> yeah. retired, like uh, not quite retired, <laughs> um, but I've 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 broken. I've had <laughs> tears. No, not quite tears, but like sit down talks, and in my head I'm just going, yeah, gotcha, gotcha, <laughs> gotcha. <laughs> you know. Um, but yeah, it's water under the bridge. Um, I want you on my campaign <laughs> yeah. to my fucking team yeah, <laughs> yeah. Um, that's great well look we've talked plenty of rugby I think um, we might come back after the break with a black and white you're listening to Baz and Andrew's House of Rugby on Joe together with Guinness right it's time for black and white everyone knows a point of Guinness is the perfect opportunity to bring friends together but on this black and white we have a statement that's so contentious it's going to tear the House of Rugby apart I have in this envelope for Barry and for Trimby a statement. Barry is going to or <laughs> Barry is going to argue pro, and Trimby is going to argue against. Okay. Rugby was a better game when the jerseys were baggy. Barry, you've got sixty seconds. Pat's on the clock. You're going to argue for rugby was a better sport when the jerseys were baggy. Okay. Do you remember when we were younger and you would... No. It was, all, it, was, it was okay to wear... He's not a talk. This is bullshit. When it was okay to wear rugby jerseys. Like, you can't, as an adult, really wear... Oh, I suppose some people do. I don't, anyway. But Pat like, would wear rugby jerseys. He would, I suppose, yeah. Sorry but, like, when you're, when you're younger... Um, you're losing here, bro. You, and they, it didn't matter whether, they were, whether they were baggy, <laughs> whether they were baggy or, or like, nowadays, it was way more inclusive back then. Like, they're so skin tight now. If you're a bit on the chunky side, you can't really wear... A uh, fucking skin tight jersey, so everyone expects like everyone to be perfect specimens in the in the rugby jersey. Whereas mm. like uh, back in the day, all big fellas could wear them. And for children, I, was, I, had, a, I had a jersey. So I had a jersey. Uh, what what uh, what's them? Frank Bunce. Apparently, I might have had his jersey when I was like ten. It was a, I had a twelve on the back. It was a bl- an all black jersey. But it came down to my knees. 
But then I grew with it. So when I got to like 18, 19, it was then kind of still pretty big, Time but up. kind of fit me in. <laughs> Time. So you're saving money. No, Families are saving money. Trimby, Trimby, this is an open goal. This is an open goal. <laughs> okay, okay. So, Against. Um, anyway, so uh, <clears throat> tickets for the Aviva to go and see Ireland play are 90 euros. Do I want to pay 90 euros and go and see someone fat play for Ireland? No. <laughs> I want to maintain the integrity of Irish rugby, of rugby in general. I want to go and watch skinny, ripped men <laughs> play rugby, skinny, crucially. Skinny. Yeah, I'd rather a foreigner play for Ireland yeah. than a fat man play for Ireland. <laughs> yeah, yeah, but this is a fat man as well. Fat mm, foreigner. So. What about a fat foreigner? That's very yeah. humble of you. <laughs> but, uh, Anyway, shut up! <laughs> uh, I want the integrity of rugby um, to maintain intact, and I want to see the physical specimens that are representing remember Ireland. Remember when you could cut off the sleeves? I did like that. I must say, I did like that. Tuck the, the collar in. Tuck the collar in. To look even tougher. Cut, anyway, that's it. That's it. Shut up. That's it. My, that's my point. Yep, perfect. Okay. Right on the button as well. Well done. Um, James, it's your tough. thoughts? It's, uh, I understand both points. More inclusive money, saving money. Yeah. Save money for families. Ripped non-foreigners. <laughs> and fat foreigners. <laughs> yeah. Uh, I think on this one, I'm going to go with, uh, with Trimby. Oh, fuck. Sorry, Baz. It's all right. And I'm going to position it here Why is on that? top. Because there's no blue tack. Oh. <laughs> Cutbacks. Congratulations. Thanks. All right. That's us. Thanks, everybody, for listening on all your favorite apps. And for those of you watching on YouTube, hello. Uh, thanks to everyone that was involved in organizing the show this week, to Pat, Alan, Dermot, and Anthony, to Jerry, to Trimby, to James. Thanks a million for coming in. We really appreciate it, man. Best of luck for the season. Uh, can't wait to see, to see you back in the, in the jersey. Uh, this has been Baz and Andrews, House of Rugby, here on Joe, together with Guinness. Party on. You were listening to Baz and Andrews, House of Rugby on Joe together with Guinness. Drink responsibly. Visit drinkaware.ie for the facts.